Today's scriptures reading is from Paul's second letter to Timothy, the fourth chapter, the sixth to the eighth verse. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. This is the word of the Lord. Paul frames what he's about to say to Timothy. You know, I, I really want to, and again, it's, it must maybe the age thing or something. The older you get, the more um, there's a greater appreciation for um, the amount of time. That's what the Bible talks about, redeeming time. The amount of time that's before us. Uh, I had the pleasure of uh, having lunch with one of our teens this past week, uh, who's 19, welcome her back from, uh, uh, from college. And as I was doing the math, I said, uh, you could triple your age, and you still will be short my age. Think about that for a minute. You can triple the amount of time that you've already traversed, and you're still going to be, you're going to be coming up short to where I'm at. The corollary, the inverse corollary to that is um, there's a lot fewer days ahead of me than the days that I've already traveled. It would only make sense that I would focus and be very prudent in the things that I invest my time in. You know, you don't get many opportunities at this station in life for do-overs. You know, you just don't. I mean, that's just, that's just the nature, that's just, that's, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's, uh, and so what Paul is doing with Timothy, he's like, he's like, Tim, boy, whatever you want, he says, well, whatever uh, personal term of endearment that he might have uh, uh, used to cause him to get his attention, I want to give you a solemn charge in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead, as we shared last time. We're all going to stand, every one of us, every last one of us, every one of us will stand before the, what the word is, the bema, the judgment seat of Christ, to give an account for the things that we've done in our body. You know, the time, the, the time and the talent in the, in the, we say the tenth, but everything that's within your capacity to do, the things, how you raised your kids, how you spent your money, the, the decisions you made. We, we will have to give a reckoning on everything. This is not the great white throne of judgment. Don't, don't, it's like, oh boy, I'm not, you know, I'm not. We all have sinned. We've all come short. This is, this is, this is not the great white throne of judgment. Uh, uh, once we accept Christ as our Savior, our ticket is punched, so to speak. It's a wrap. We're always his. And, and as Jesus said, nobody, once you're in my father's hand, nobody plucks, gets plucked out. Nobody. You, and that and even implies you can't even hop out if you wanted to. And then that's, that's, that's wonderful because a lot of times I want to hop out. You know, I'll do my own thing. And he's like, no, once you're in my father's hand, you've accepted. I got you. I, I, I got you. I absolutely have you. But what we don't escape and it's, 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 it's good for us to know this, and there's, there's some, there's benefit to it. Even when I know the tape will be played for Mark David Meeks 
and I'm going to, like, boy, I could have done so much better, even as I'm striving to do better now. We'll have to give an account. And so Paul just drops that little nugget, just a little tidbit in there. He said, uh, Tim, um, in view of this, in view of his appearing and of his kingdom, I give you this charge. Now, if you can't, if you can't get more serious than that, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what is. Um, wow, this is, this is really serious. Okay. Um, as, and I just shared that with you. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us um, may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether uh, good or bad. And that's in 2 Corinthians 5.10. Uh, so Paul drops this on Timothy. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Correct, rebuke, encourage. Correct, rebuke, encourage. As one of our deacons and I were, were discussing during the week and even on today, you know, those, 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 those first three challenges are, are, you know, I can do some correction. I can do some rebuking. I can even do some encouraging. But boy, oh boy, that patience thing. That, that patience thing, you know. It's after a while, it's like, I don't beat your kids or your neighbor or whatever, you know. It's like, you know, this is, this is my property line. You don't plant stuff on my side of the line. Be patient. Just, just be patient. Why are you parking in front of my house? Don't you have a house to park in front of? Be patient. Why is that, per- why is that person I, 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 I share with them, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and what do they do? They continue to do those things you encourage them not to do, and the, the end still comes up the same. They say, it's like, you know what? I give up. No, be patient. Be patient. Be patient. And... Give careful instruction. I, I, I'm a slow learner. I, I, I am. But when I learn, when I get it, I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm like a chihuahua then. It's like I, I'm latched on. I, I, I'm latched on. But I'm the kind of person that I have to see and experience and do it over. I don't know what uh, you teachers can, uh, can share, uh, what that type of uh, experiential, I guess is the word, uh, type of learning, where you, you have to actually do it. And some of us, nobody here, obviously, but some of us, uh, we've been around Christ long enough that if we're not careful, we'll forget what we used to be. And we'll, we'll lose patience with those that are still struggling with where we used to be. And that's where, that's where uh, Paul is, uh, you know, he could, he could easily say, Look, pal, my time's almost up. Now, you need to do this, and you need to, you know, and he'll give some instructions, some personal instructions, which, which really makes me know and, and embrace Paul all the more. He says, you know, you know bring the scriptures, bring my coat. You know, just, you, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want the warmth. Uh, I'm in prison. I want, I want the benefit of, of, of human uh, blessings, if you will. Uh, but he doesn't take, uh, he doesn't take the, the uh, 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 what I want to say, He's not short with Timothy, and he's not short with those with Timothy that Timothy will be responding to. Correct, rebuke, encourage. That's what we're called to do. We're called to this. I mean, 
in, to sum all of that up in one word, disciple. That's what discipling is all about. You know, correct, rebuke, exhort. You can do it. You can do it. Don't do that. Did it again. Don't do that. Did it again. Don't do that. But you can do it. I know. I just think of it. Think of it. Think of it as that 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 prototypical mother that you would think of that 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 special nana or whatever that that just seems like they're long suffering. They're just always there for you. I shared with you before. I share again. The the, the one time I, I remember it. I mean, in my mind's eye, I just again throwing a piece of glass I shouldn't have thrown. Hand is just bloodied. Have the scar even now. And when I went to my mom, uh, she's crying. She's, what's the matter, boy? And I, she didn't say a word. Didn't say, what did you do? Why did you do it? You idiot. No, nothing. Took off the apron she was wearing, wrapped my hand up in it, took me off to the doctor to get it stitched up. If my mom could do that, how much more? God, patient, long-suffering with us. Well, that's what we're called to be. But pastor, you don't know my friends, I, but I know you. <laughs> I, just <coughs> I don't know your friends, but I know you. So we have, to, we have to be on guard to not create a level of expectation uh, in the lives of others that we're not even capable of. If, if it weren't for the Holy Spirit, if it weren't for the Holy Spirit, if it weren't, I understand. There's a little bit of Jeffrey Dahmer in everybody. I, I, I say that, and I mean that. You know, I would never eat anyone. Well, you may not eat them, but you might do something else. If it weren't for the Holy Spirit, I'm capable of anything, and so are you. And that's where we need to recognize that, boy, oh boy, if, if, if without God in my life, that's me. That, 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 that's me. So, um, Paul goes on uh, in the um, third and fourth verse, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Then as now, we're surrounded with, uh, with people, be it politicians, uh, uh, friends, family, whatever. Folks, folks want to tell you what you want to hear, for the most part. People, people are less interested in the truth, and they're more interested. Well, just, let's, just, let me just, let me just, let's just get along. Let's, let's, let's just get along. And in our, in our zeal to uh, uh, suppress what is good, we end up killing the patient. As I shared before, I share again. If I've got cancer, and you know I have cancer, don't tell me, Pastor Meeks, you're looking good. Clothes are fitting nice. Dropped a few pounds. That's good for you. Yeah, yeah, you're looking, you're looking good. And you know I'm sick. No, I need, I need you to tell me, Pastor Meeks, you have cancer. But there's a cure. Here's the cure. You're not the cure. They're, they're incapable of curing themselves. You can't cure yourself. But I can point you to the cure. See, that's what we're called to do. Um, that's why Paul goes on to say to Timothy, as uh, 
we just conclude the recap of what we shared last week. Because of all this other noise that's going on, because of all of this other stuff that's, that's, that's out there, you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Stay focused. It's going to be like rolling a rock uphill, um, as I shared before, and we shared at Bible study uh, this past week. Uh, again, Henrietta, Juanita, Spencer Meeks. Uh, if she was upgrading me or trying to give me instruction and I held my head down, said, boy, look up at me. Look at me in the face. Look me in the eye. Listen to what I'm telling you. See, that's what Paul uh, essentially is, is, is sharing with Timothy here. Now, son, look at me. Listen to me in the presence of Jesus Christ, who's going to judge the living and the dead. Keep your head in all situations and endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Um, so today we pick up right after, you know, just, just no, no page break, no nothing. We pick, pick right up into the sixth chapter with this transition, which lets us know that what we're about ready to talk about linked back to what we just discussed. For the reason you have to do all of these things. The reason you have to do all of these things, because I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time of my departure is near. When you can triple your age, and still be short. I got forever. That's what kids always think, don't they? I got forever. I'm telling you, when I was in high school, years just drug on. They drug on. I was a freshman forever, I think. I think there were dog years being a freshman. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was a freshman for like seven years. Uh, it just seemed it would never end get out of high school, go to college, boom, get married, have a few kids, job here, job there, up here, down there. Man, I, I'm 40. Live a little bit longer. Man, I'm 50. <laughs> and now, pushing 60 all upside the head. <laughs> the time of our departure is near. It's near. It's near. See, we, we, you know, it's like, well, you know, that was Paul. He was in prison. He was getting ready to uh, lose his head, literally, uh, on Nero's chopping block. He knew what was awaiting him. But that's a stand-in for all of us today. It would be very unwise, let me just use that phrase, it would be very unwise to live, to operate with a view of, to operate in life with a view that this is all we have and that will always be. Because we are so 
um, I, I would say, uh, unhealthily, that's not even a word, but uh, so focused on the now, we miss the eternal. Jesus said, this is what Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't, don't worry about those things. Don't worry about those things. Check out the birds. They don't seem to be starving. They look pretty good. Look at the fields. Aren't they beautiful? Now, if I, God, got that, don't you think, aren't you more important than a sparrow or a dandelion? Aren't you more important than that? And if you're more important than that, don't you think I got you? I got whatever you need, I've got. What is, what is it I need? I don't know. What is it you need? See, they used to sing the song. They don't sing it anymore. Whatever you need, God's got it, right? Whatever you need, God's got it. Whatever you need, God's got it. And we, we, we tap our feet and clap our hands, and it's just like, and don't even know what we're singing. Because when we're done singing, then we start worrying about, where am I going to get the money for that bill? How am I going to make the mortgage? My kid's acting a fool. Uh, spouse, just where's my spouse? Whatever we need, God's got it. God's got it. We need to embrace the truth that is Scripture. See, and that's why Timoth Paul is, is sharing with Timothy, you know, all hell is going to break loose in your life sooner rather than later, Timothy. And to us all. And you can't depend on emotion to carry you through that day. I know good and well. I say, I wasn't there at, at, at the Mamertine prison in Rome when Paul was getting ready to lose his life. I wasn't there. But I, I, I can only imagine that he wasn't uh, reminiscing about, uh, uh, you know, the, the songs that were sung. It's like, no, what, what carried him through to the end had to be Scripture. And we'll deal with that next in the following week. Because he tells Tim, Bring back the scriptures. I need to read them some more. I need that reassurance. I need, I need to double down on, on the faith that I have. I, I, I need to be reassured that I'm not just sitting up in here in this prison getting ready to lose my life for no good reason. See? That's, that's, that, that, and that's for us. Thankfully, wonderfully, uh, none of us will be put into that type of position where we have to uh, uh, think of the craziness that's going on, you never know. The, uh, confess Christ, you lose your life. You know? Prayerfully, that, will, that won't happen to us. But if it, if it did, what would that, what would that mean? Would, would you, you know, it's like, would we back off on our faith for the expediency of not being, uh, not going through that, that, that suffering? Um, Paul is telling Timothy to do his best in ministry because he's not going to be here much longer. He's getting ready to be poured out like a drink offering. What is a drink offering? Well, we theologians, if you go to Numbers 28, it's your homework. You can read that whole section. God always laid out uh, various offerings. And there was a meal offering, M-E-A-L. There was a meal offering. 
And one of the, uh, the, one of the not only did you have a, a little lamb chop to go with it, a little green, uh, you also had uh, some beverage, too. You know, kind of like how folks do when they, uh <laughs> when someone passes away, you give a little drink to the ground, you know, there you go, this is, this is, this is, this is wasting good wine. It's like, <laughs> it's like, why, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Paul, the accompanying drink offering is to be a quarter of a hen of fermented drink with each lamb. Pour out the drink offering to the Lord at the sanctuary. Paul compares his life to that wine that's being poured over the altar. It's a, a complete, it's not a partial, it's a complete emptying out. Whatever, whatever that, that, that metric, whatever that, that, that amount of drink was, you pour it all out over that. Didn't tell the priest. There were some times, uh, you know, the priest could stick his fork into the meat and whatever he got on the fork he could eat. The priest got to eat too. Uh, but, but not in this case. Not in this case. In this case, pour it all out. What am I saying? What I said last week. God isn't interested in an arm or, or, an, or a leg of you. He doesn't want your arm or a leg. He wants all of you. He wants all of you. All means all. He wants everything. He wants, you thought you went to college to make big bucks. Reality, so just, just, just. You went to college. God allowed you to go to college so you could give him glory and honor. That's, that's, that's why you went to college. You think you got the promotion so I can make a few, few more dollars. No, no, no. You don't. See, and if, 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 we're, if we're careful, we'll look through the, through the wrong end of the, uh, wrong end of the, of the, of the lens and we'll invert it. And we should be asking, not should I take the job or not? It's like, Father, am I going to glorify you better in this position or not? That's the question to ask and have answered. Again, refer back to the birds and the flowers in the field. He's got you financially. He's got that. That's why we don't, as, as a ministry, we don't emphasize finances, money. You need money. You got to pay for the lights. I understand all that. You know, advisory council probably doesn't like these PSAs, but, but, but that's, <laughs> but, but it, again, as we shared at Bible study, if God has your heart, he's got your wallet. He's got, you know, and it's, you're, you're writing checks and doing things that you can't even explain. I don't know why I'm doing this, but the Holy Spirit is compelling me to do this. Well, yeah, the Holy Spirit ain't spoken to me like that. I know, he hasn't, has he? Because like Grandma, you got him locked up in the basement. And the Holy Spirit isn't living in your front room of your life. That's why he doesn't speak to you that way. The Bible has answered Trust me, Bible's got an answer. It will checkmate you every, with, every, with every move on your chessboard. There's a checkmate. But, 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 you know, I got just this much meal and oil. We're going to eat it, then we're going to die. And God, through the prophet, says, no, feed me first. You give, you feed me first. Trust me. I don't know. 
she would have died, and she did die ultimately, but she didn't die then. She, she didn't die then. God sustained her for the period of the drought, the famine, because she trusted God. Her trust was in God, not in her knowledge, skills, and ability. Uh, I find it interesting. I find a lot of things interesting, but I find it interesting of my sinful humanity that I want, I want, I want complete, I want 100%. What's it? I think that's what that means, right? 100% or something? What does that mean? What's, what's, what's that about? I see it all the time on Facebook. What's that? I see it all the time. I mean, you folks are doing, they ain't praying hands. Oh. oh, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Email me your answer for that. I want 100%. I want, I want God to keep it 100 with me. I want him to give me every blessing that, that is due me. But I'll just break you off 25%. I'll give you what I can afford to give you. And I'm not talking finances. Just please, trust me, I'm not talking money. I, I am not talking money. I'm talking about you. Your devotion. Again, uh, let, let's, let's just do baby steps. Let's, let's, this is your homework for this week. You know, I, you know, I don't even, I'm not concerned how much you pray, time-wise. Let's just, Starting tomorrow, let's just do five minutes. Can we do that? Can we, can we, can we pray for five minutes? Just, just five minutes, uninterrupted, in a uninterrupted communion with the Father. Just five minutes. That's Monday. Tuesday, bust that out up to six. Try it, try it. And by the end of the week, if my math is right, you'll be up to 12 minutes in prayer. Just, just, just try. Just, just humor me. See if that won't be a difference in your life. The reasons why we won't do it are many, uh, and we don't have time to go into all of those, but just, just try that. So Paul goes on into verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So he's using, uh, he's blending an athletic, spiritual, warring metaphors. And essentially, so we don't get our nose pressed up to the bark of any one tree, what Paul is saying, I have faithfully preached the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have done exactly what I was supposed to do for the time that God has allotted me to do it. Well, wasn't Paul Saul? Yes, he was. But for the time he was Paul, he did exactly what God called him to do. Uh, you know, isn't it a, a, a good feeling? You know, uh, I, isn't it, it just, I don't know about you, but uh, the, the smell of Lysol smells really good. <laughs> isn't that, I mean, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, it's, just, it's, when, when it's when you know you've done a thorough job of cleaning. You, you've done it, and you can almost like, that's my toilet bowl. <laughs> 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 uh, 
that, that's a clean bowl right there. <laughs> Smells good, looks good. I, I got pride in that. That's Paul. That's what he's doing over his life. He's like, let me, let me step back from the mic. Yeah. I've, I've fought a good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Um, a lot of times we're unable to complete the things that we've uh, set out to do is because, if you will, the phone rings in our life. You're in the middle of doing something at home, and the phone rings. And it takes you totally off whatever it is you were doing. I get this call, you know, hour later, uh, uh, and I don't complete what I was supposed to do. Uh, sometimes we just don't have, we don't, we don't have any goals. We just kind of muddle through life. See, Paul is able to say what he said because he had a purpose and a point for his life. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. I can declare victory because I know what victory looks like. But if you go through life and you don't know what victory is, then anything will do, and most anything will keep you completely unsatisfied. I'm just going through the religious rigmarole of week in, week out, coming on a Sunday, singing a few songs, some better than others, uh, and then uh, listening to some sermons, some better than others, and going home and life is slamming me in the face. Uh, maybe we had a goal, but we became distracted. The phone rang. I was reading a statistic uh, yesterday. Over 90%, over 90%, over 90% of people, that's 9 out of 10, do not have, do not in any way, shape, or form have goal setting as a part of their life. They have no target, if you will, that they're aiming for. You just wander through life. One day is the next day and the next day. What are you going to do tomorrow? I don't know. I guess what I did today. What's, what's Tuesday, Monday? It's a work day. What are you going to do? Same thing I did today. No goal. That's why over 92% of folks that on January 1 said, I'm going to do, fill in the blank, by January 15th, 92% have failed. We don't set goals, and then the goal uh, that we do, the goals that we do set are missed. If my goal is to win the lottery, I'm not suggesting that, but if my goal is to win the lottery, chances are good that the first step ought to be is buy a ticket. You're not going to win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. Well, one ticket might just fall into my, my lap or whatever. Yeah, and you might get struck by lightning. Uh, but... but what am I saying? Our goals and our purpose must be linked to our behavior. Our goals and our purpose has to be linked to our behavior. If we want to grow in Christ, that's, that's, that's why we shared what we shared about the study in the, in the sermon series. If we want to grow in Christ, chance, it, it only, it's only reasonable 
It's only reasonable that this is what you have to do to grow in Christ. Blame Cliff and Donna for uh, turning Gail and I on to Orange Theory. Uh, exercise routine. Uh, one hour of intense insanity. Uh, and so we've been faithful uh, to it. Uh, results may not show too much, but uh, uh, we've been very faithful. But it's interesting to hear the, the, the leaders, the facilitators of the group, preach, literally, uh, their gospel, which is exercise, uh, using, using words that you, if you change just a few words, you'd think they just plucked it right out of the Bible. What's your goal? You can do it. What's your aim? What's your objective? Hang in there. Do it one more time. I know you gave me 10. Give me 11. I saw this one lady. Could have been me, but I just, I saw her. Uh, he said, doing a push-up. Do one more. She's in the position, and she's shaking her head, sweat dripping off her face. She's like, I can't do it anymore. You could do it. And she did it. She did it. She didn't think she was capable of doing it. Uh, but she did it. Then, now is then, uh, in verse 8, as Paul concludes this section, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. See, that's the point and purpose of Paul's life. There's going to be a day of reckoning, and I want the Father to tell me, boy, you did a good job. I'm pleased with what you did. You didn't just kind of back into it. You, 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 you're a different person now, Paul. You were Saul, but you're a different person. And the, the goals and the purposes that you had before you met me are now different. And so now with this transition where Paul finally, where Saul finally met Christ, his whole life was radically changed. His whole behavior was turned upside down. All the things that he used to think was important were no longer important. And so what that did, that put him at odds with all of his peeps because all of the people that he used to roll with wanted to kill him. And the people that he used to try to kill were afraid of him. That's what God will do. He'll just mess your world up in such a wonderful way. He will challenge you in such a wonderful way. He'll put you in positions of, of opportunity that you didn't ever think would exist. Oh, wow. God's got me speaking before, for kings, before kings and queens. Uh, so, in your notes, this is your challenge for today. This is, this is your challenge. You've got lots of challenges. You've got re lots of homework. Uh, but in your notes section... What is your purpose? What, what, what do you purpose? What do you purpose? What, what do you, not, not Christians writ large, I'm talking about you. What do you purpose? What is, what is your goal? To make more money? Is that your goal? Hey, there's nothing wrong with it necessarily. Uh, to be happy? To get a better job? How about a house, a car? 
But is that, is, is that your, when it's all said and done, when they're, when they're speaking kind words over you when it's over, is that, boy, he did drive a nice car. Doggone shame Mark had to die. That was a nice car he had. Is that, is that, is that it? Is that it? How about, I was able to touch a lot of lives. I, I was able to, to, to share the gospel of Christ with them. Uh, well, I like what uh, Paul said uh, when he wrote to the church at Philippi. He said, it's my goal. This is my goal. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. What, what, what Paul is saying in both of these letters is life is more than food, it's more than shelter, it's more than clothing, uh, and if I can uh, be so bold as to say it's more than my personal agenda, it's about him. It's, it's about him. It's, it's, it's about him. It's all about him. It's all about him. There is now waiting for me the victory prize, crown of victory, because I have lived a life which is pleasing to God. Don't you want to hear the words, well done? Well done. You did a good job. You are a good and faithful servant. 